Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 435 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, back again after a little bit of a hiatus in which I did not miss any of you at all. My name is Chad Dawson. With me again this week, the guy who really, uh, you know, um, made it appear like I wasn't necessary anymore over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and believe me, I listened to both those shows. We'll talk about that while I was out. But Nate Dotson, how are you, buddy? Well, the good news is that um, there's no pressure on this episode because I drove away all of the viewers and listeners while you were gone. So there's nobody left. It's just me and you having a good time. Chad, I'm awesome. We're glad to have you back. There were some conspiracy theories about your whereabouts, but I, okay, I started all of the conspiracy theories about your whereabouts. <laughs> well, I'll talk a minute in a minute about my whereabouts because there's a couple of stories that I think will uh, be of interest to our, uh, our viewers and listeners. First thing I'll say first is uh, we're on YouTube. Go subscribe to YouTube if you can. Um, YouTube.com slash Riverfront Cincy. Uh, also, most of you listen audio like you always do. We're, I'm trying not to forget that. It's always going to be available audio like always. Thank you for sticking with us. I will say while I was gone, you know, I did some, I was trying to do my own uh, version of analytics and trying to analyze all the stats and the download numbers and the viewer numbers on YouTube just to see, you know, if, uh, no, it, as it turns out, uh, my absence uh, was—I was—I was hoping it would crater. All the audience would crater while I was gone. And Rude. I just, just to be—I mean, you know, listen, I'm selfish. Okay, I, I have an ego, and <laughs> I was hoping the audience would just be like, "No, I'm, I'm here just for chat." And it wasn't like that. I had some great—I mean, obviously, last week, uh, Bill Lack and Wick Terrell, who were with us a lot, um, they were great as usual, and and you as well. Love that conversation. Stop. Specifically, we may talk a little bit about it, but uh, I was gone during the draft. I, I didn't pay a, a bit of attention to the draft. And you all had a fantastic discussion about the Reds draft. And I would encourage you, if you didn't listen to it yet, go back and listen to last week's episode. Uh, but then the week before that, when our buddy Joe Farsing was on, or a, a, as I call him, Lou Gehrig, to my Wally Pip, uh, <laughs> after listening to you and Joe together, I was like, why am I even, I'm just, why am I even coming back? These guys don't need me. So, Nate, thank you for uh, your capable handling of the show in my absence. And I, I, I listened to both episodes. One I listened to uh, in England when I was in England, in London. The other I listened to as I was driving around on the wrong side of the road in Ireland. And um, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm one of those international downloaders at this point. But great job. And, and I know you had a good time in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was really pleased. Uh, all jokes aside, I was really pleased that... Uh, my, the dulcet tones of my ridiculous accent were not missed in the least. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I'll, you know, we always have a good time talking to Bill and Wick, but getting Joe on here, one of our members of our Patreon family, who put me to shame and made me embarrassed for the first like three months of appearances that I had, um, it was just really, really, it's kind of special, and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, yeah, and I, I want to. Mention quickly about the uh, that Patreon family. That's patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi. Now, we tell you about this every week, and I would encourage you to go and, and join the, the family. If you just want to join the, the Slack channel, a couple bucks a month, or you can get a discount on a yearly subscription, just to join the check, Slack channel, be part of the family, and join the, enjoy those discussions. But uh, before I talk, I do, there is, again, a couple things I want to mention about my trip that relate to the Reds. But uh, I saw a movie uh, yesterday, and this movie was uh had nothing to do with baseball or but it, it, it was about the internet in some ways but there was a line from this movie that made me think of the of the patreon f- 
family. And uh, which is, again, I'm weird. So, but anyway, the movie is called, have you heard of this movie, Nate? Marcel, the shell with shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like you made it up, but no, it does. The movies that you watch throughout, (laughs) throughout your weeks, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's first first movie I saw when I got back stateside. And Marcel, the shell with shoes on. It's uh, from a, a studio I like, A24, an independent studio. Anyway, go look it up. It, it, it gets great reviews. I loved it. Uh, very cute movie. But anyway, um, Marcel had this one uh, statement at one point. And maybe I should have saved this for later. But it just, I don't know, it struck me. And uh, the premise is, I'm not giving anything away to say that he's trying to find his family. And he's trying to use the internet to find his family. And so he gets a huge internet uh, following, basically. But then he says, uh, but, but nobody's helping him with his, uh, with his quest at first. And he says, um, you know, it's an audience, not a community. He was really upset. It's, it's an audience, not a community. And, uh, you know, our audience, uh, love all of you guys that download every week and watch every week. You don't have to join. This is always going to be on our YouTube channel. It's always going to be available for download, download for free on your podcast apps. We're not changing that. And we love each and every one of you, but we do actually have a community. We have an audience and a community here. And that, that, that's our, our Riverfront family. And I don't know, I was struck by how much I appreciate the fact that I have this group of people that I can talk, we can talk with and say dumb things with, and they give me a hard time all the time, which is whatever. I don't mind. It's fun. Uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe I need to cut this out. It's not the way to start this podcast, maybe. But I just wanted to say that I really, I'm glad to be back this week because I really appreciate the community that's grown up around this, uh, around this show. And I don't know. I felt like I needed to say it. So Nate, feel free to make fun of me. Yeah, it sounds like Europe made you soft. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quickly before we get into the news of the week, and there are uh, not a ton of news, but there are some uh, very interesting topics to talk about. I do want to mention a couple things about the trip. Um, we, I, I told you where we went, but uh, um, a, a large portion of the trip was in Ireland. First of all, if you haven't been to Ireland, go to Ireland. And I would even encourage driving on the left side of the road in Ireland. Uh, it was it was hard, but by day three, I was okay. And I didn't hit anyone. We only ran over a few curbs. But um, but we're, we're in I- Ireland at one point. And I'm with my family. My son is wearing his Cincinnati Reds cap uh, while we're there. So we're at, we're at a place called... Paul Nabrone Dolmen. Okay. It's um, essentially, it's, it's, a, it's this old portal tomb that dates back like to 4200 BC. Uh, Nate, that was a long time ago. I mean, it's really old. It's uh, older you than you. <laughs> almost. Um, it was just this, this wild, anyway, um, from the Neolithic period. I'm not going to get into it, but it's it's a it's a tourist destination and and i don't like doing the check the boxes you have to see all the tourist spots but this is one that it was on our way and i said oh, we need to stop and so we're walking over to it and it's it's quiet it's in this place called the burren and which is just wild just, everything is limestone and um we're walking we're walking uh we walk up to it we look at it, and then we're walking back to the car and as we're walking back to the car we pass a couple of uh of elderly lady ah, let's not say elderly because i'm getting there uh, you know we're all gonna get there but uh, i would say uh 60-ish women and i, I noticed as we're walking they're, they're walking in as we're walking out and this is outdoors a big big area and i noticed that they kind of kind of look at us a little bit strange i thought anyway and so um we, we pass them they pass the other way and then and uh then one of the ladies goes can i ask you a question and my son was the last one in the, in the line. 
Uh, and he turns around and looks at her and, uh, yeah, again, he's wearing his red cap and, he's, and she's like, what, what's the, what's that, what's that cap? And, uh, Nate's like, well, you know, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds baseball team. And she goes, one of them goes, Oh, we're from outside Cincinnati. She says, Mason <laughs> is where they're from. We're from outside. We're in the middle of Ireland, right? We're from outside Cincinnati. And I saw that and I, and, I wanted to say something. I wasn't sure if I should because I wasn't sure. Maybe it was a high school team or something, you know. And she said, "I'm so happy." Yep. Yeah, and you know, we talked about the Reds for just a little bit, and she's upset with the way the Reds are going right now. But she's a Reds fan. And then she says, "I'm at the end. The end of she says, I'm so relieved because if you all had been Cardinals fans, this would have been a bad interaction <laughs> in Ireland." <laughs> I said, "We are the opposite of Cardinals fans." So anyway, that was fantastic. Uh, a few days later, we're walking the streets of uh, Dublin, Ireland. And uh, a guy just, uh, I don't know, 20 something probably, a, a, to me, a kid, you know. But uh, he walks by us and he just screams out, Go Reds! <laughs> middle, of, <laughs> middle of Dublin. So, anyway, the Cincinnati Reds are worldwide. And I don't know, I, th- I thought those were a couple of uh, interesting. Uh, I thought you all would be interested. Maybe not. Nate, um, tell, me, tell me to get back to the point of baseball, please. You know, it doesn't surprise me that Reds fans decided to, uh, you know, leaving droves, have a mass exodus from the, uh, <laughs> the great United States during this season. But, no, that's super cool. I love when, uh, you know, you get those little interactions and realize that, you know, we just spent the first five minutes talking about being a community, being a family, and these little things that uh, help people bond and relate even overseas is pretty awesome. Well, that's kind of why I wanted to leave with this, because we and some of our members, obviously, some of our, our uh, members of the family are international. Um, the Reds players are obviously international. It's a, you know, we talk often about misery loves company and around here it's, it actually, I don't, frankly, if it weren't for the family, I don't know how closely I'd be following this team right now because it's fun to still talk about them and whine about them, whatever. So anyway, it's, it's a fun community. Um, thanks to all of you for, for being around. Nate, we'll get to the news. Is that a, is that a better idea? That seems like the logical next step. All right. Uh, we usually start with the uh, news of the week. Actually, we usually start with a, re- uh, some recap of the games. We'll get to that. But first, I think we really need to start with the biggest thing this week, which is the trade deadline is rapidly approaching on August 6 o'clock p.m. on August the 2nd. That'll be the Tuesday. Tr- ma- ma- yes, Major League Baseball's trade deadline. And as of today, as we, we are recording this, and as always, we're recording this on Thursday evening, there has been no action uh, related to the Reds, unless I missed something, Nate, and I'm slowly getting back into it, but no action. Does that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me necessarily yet, but um, does it surprise you we're not seeing the action, and do you expect to see plenty of action? It doesn't surprise me yet. I think the um, announcement that the Nationals are open to trading Juan Soto kind of pushed a lot of the action back of yesterday. Um the Yankees acquired Andrew Benatendi, so that was the first sort of domino to fall. I think that the teams that are going to be in on Castillo need to do their due diligence with Juan Soto first, because if you can get a guy that's 23 years old and one of the you know probably top five players in the game is controllable for the next three years, you kind of have to at least try. So I'm not surprised that nothing has happened yet. I expect it to happen very soon, and yeah, I think there's going to be serious moves. I don't think I want there to be the moves that everyone is expecting. Um, there were some rumblings today from 
Nick Crawl, I believe it was Crawl that said that the Reds, or maybe it was Buster Olney tweeted out that the Reds may not be planning to trade Luis Castillo, which I think everyone sort of expects is a done deal after his start um, on Wednesday. We'll see, but I think there's plenty of other people that are going to be shocked, and they should be. There's a lot of one-year contracts. There's a lot of people that don't have a future on this team. Um, you kind of got into that with your first post back for Cincinnati Magazine. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I, I need to clarify what you just said. Am I Again, we haven't really talked about you and I together, uh, the trade deadline. Am I hearing that you think the Reds are going to trade for Juan Soto? I, 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 maybe I misunderstood. I mean, they've got, they've got the talent, right? Just want Tommy Fame and Moose, fair swap, bring him over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, no, uh, that is what I wrote about in my column for Cincinnati Magazine this week, the trade deadline. It just kind of ends and outs and um, who should be traded, who will be traded. And, you know, a lot's up in the air. Look, um, Luis Castillo. I, I, it, well, let me let me go ahead and, and dive into the Luis Castillo part of it before we talk about some of the others that may be traded. Because he is the big chip. He's probably mm-hmm. not probably. He's the, he's the most attractive starting pick, pitcher potentially on the trade market, and the Reds could, if they wished, uh, get a haul for Luis Castillo. And uh, you know, a bunch of people yelled at me last night on the twitters. Uh, by the way, as people as people do on Twitter, <laughs> two weeks away from Twitter while I was uh, uh, on vacation. Whew, amazing, just amazing. Um, uh, although I will say that I was away from Twitter, but the, the stupid Reds didn't, uh, I couldn't, I didn't watch any of the games because of the time difference and everything. But I will say I was literally, I, oh, this is, this is almost too embarrassing to say out loud, but me at, at my family and I, we were, we were sitting, it was uh, late at night we were, the Eiffel tower was lit up and, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was really a magical moment. The Eiffel tower, it, you've seen it a million times, but it took my breath away just to, to be there. But anyway, I, uh, I I caught myself scrolling on my phone and uh, pulling up the score of the Reds game. <laughs> I was sitting there I'm like, oh, I'm hopeless. Uh, Luis Castillo. I said last night on the Twitters that it's amazing to me how many Reds fans have Stockholm Syndrome and think that the Reds absolutely must trade every good player they have at some point. And people yelled at me because they do. That's fine. I don't care. Yell at me all you want. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, But um, a lot of people yelled at me for things that weren't actually in that tweet. (laughs) And one of those was uh, essentially, yeah, but it's, they, you're, you're, you're an idiot. Okay. That part of it's true, but you're an idiot. The Reds should trade Luis Castillo. And here's all the reasons why they should trade Luis Castillo. And I just didn't engage uh, because I really all I could have done was post a link to my Cincinnati Magazine column in which I said, I don't want him to trade Luis Castillo, but here there are good reasons to trade Luis Castillo right now. I accept that. I don't want them to trade Luis Castillo. And we got a couple of questions that will address that particular topic, but um, there are good reasons to trade Luis Castillo right now. He's an extremely valuable asset. He can, you know, uh, help fill in uh, the blanks in certain areas around the roster. So, um, So anyway, I don't want the Reds to trade Luis Castillo for reasons we'll get into. I don't know if they will. And I'm like you, that was interesting that um, the Reds might be open to not trading him. They don't have to. They have him next year, 
right? There's there there are more times for them to to deal him. It doesn't have to be right this very second. Um, and, and as much as I want him to be around, there's a there's a good argument. I think there's good arguments on both sides, but uh, you, you can make a completely re- a reasonable argument that trading him is the right decision. I just I I like him, and I'm a, too emotional about this <laughs> stuff, and I want him to stay around. Yeah, um, there were people saying that if yesterday or Wednesday when this comes out wasn't Luis Castillo's last start as a Red, it's a complete and utter failure. I think was some of the one of the words I saw, just an, an everlasting disappointment. And my thought on that is, yeah, just like you said, his value is probably never going to be higher. You're going to get a a season and a half of a guy who's going to be a top two rotation piece for every contender in Major League Baseball. Who who doesn't need Luis Castillo on their postseason roster? My question is, what is with this obsession over prospects as opposed to proven veterans? Everybody gets so fired up about the haul that Luis Castillo can get when your goal with prospects is to get Luis Castillo. Like Who you already the, have. That's, that's the guy that you want. He said, Luis Castillo said after the game, he hopes he spends the rest of his career in Cincinnati. Now, I'm not so naive that I think he's going to take a giant discount. Maybe some. You never know. You get lucky. But if there's a way to make it, and I'm sure wrong side of 30. I get it, but 30 isn't what it used to be either. If there's a way to keep him, I think you have to do it. And then, you know, we're, I think we're going to dive deep into this, but I'm feeling, feeling hot, feeling amped up right now, so let's just go with it. Do it. Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. There's five. You've got your Brandon Williams, Williamson's, Justin Dunn, if he becomes something. You've got these other young arms in the pipeline. If you have five starters that are somewhere between really, really good and a really high floor, then you you have a chance to contend. All you need is a little bit of luck. Sure, we don't have the offense. We don't have the guys in the field. Well, if you have five studs taking the mound every single day, you don't necessarily need to be the big red machine and put up eight runs a game. There is plenty of evidence. Just in the last 10 years, seven teams made the playoff playoffs with a team OBS below 90. I did some more um, digging in. This year's team is projected to score just over 700 runs if they keep up their current pace. 19 teams in the modern era have made the playoffs scoring that many runs. And all but one of those since 2005. So it's not like these are teams from way back when. There is plenty of evidence that a bad offense can get carried by a great pitching staff and get to the playoffs. And if you think, oh, well, you know, 2024, it's just it's just a playoffs. Who wants to make the playoffs? I do. The Reds don't make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs very, very few times since I've been alive. I will be happy with the goal of making the playoffs. I don't know. I'm fired up. Keep the guy. Keep Mally. Let's just have be good at something instead of maybe being good at something down the road. That's, that's what kills me. I really, truly don't think this team is that far away if ownership wants to really try. Because a big part... I, I think back to you know 2000 to 2009 when the Reds hit balls out of the ballpark at a crazy pace thanks to uh, Adam Dunn. Sorry, I had to <laughs> had to get some respect to Adam Dunn, the patron saint of the Riverfront uh, show. Um, 
the big problem there was they didn't have the pitching. And then, of course, remember, get the pitching just a few years ago. Get the pitching. And the Reds have <laughs> the Reds have the pitching that for the next four seasons, those five guys you name. Now, they may not all pan out, and some may be better at work, whatever. And there are going to be injuries that will happen. But those five guys over the next four years have a real chance to be one of the better rotations in baseball. And uh, frankly, the ceiling is the best rotation in baseball. The ceiling is Luis Castillo, as he gets into his 30s, is your number two starter because <laughs> Hunter Green's so great. And then you got, uh, you know, uh, who knows? Tyler Malley's your number four starter at some point. I mean, again, that's that's best case scenario. And so, I don't know. Uh, my thoughts are, it all depends on whether eh, we know the answer to this. Is owner, does ownership really want to win the next couple of years? They don't. They've shown us that. But there's a real path here, and it's not some kind of crazy, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses. They, they, they have a pitching staff. Everyone's trying to get pitching. They have the makings of a great pitching staff. You know, someone, again, responded to me, and I'm not, I don't want to slam anyone, so I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, someone said that when I made that that comment about every Reds fan wants the, you know, and it's the same thing you just said about everybody loves prospects. And, uh, and this guy said, this is one trade we absolutely must make. We have to get the haul. We wait too long, and down the road we get nothing out of them. We're back to step one. All right. Before I say what I responded to that, First of all, we're back to step one. You know what? We've been at this whole – for the people that are listening today, for most of your lives, and some of you, all of your lives, that's what the Reds have done. Oh, we got to trade guys. we got to – you know, we're building for the future, always building for the future. Screw that. My response was, or – and hear me out on this one – the Reds could pay their great players to keep playing for the Reds in an effort, in, in an effort to win baseball games. Whoa. Just – I know. Radical, right? That is um, very progressive. You are the AOC of the podcast world. <laughs> I'm not sure what yeah, to make I mean, of that, but <laughs> go ahead. The uh, so one of our um, patrons, Seth Shaner, he he said in his viewer mail question this week, ownership can't be trusted. Carl hasn't shown he can pull off the kind of trade that would merit dumping Castillo. Why must we continually accept? that the only way to compete is to turn over the roster every three to five years. Wouldn't building a pitching staff that in two years has Castillo and improve guys like Green and Lodolo be a good foundation? The problem is that that seems radical to us as Reds fans, <laughs> that paying your best players to stick around is something so, 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 so rare. It's this great white buffalo of Reds fandom. No, if you have a really great pitching staff, last year's Brewers team, great pitching staff, Mediocre offense. It's it's doable. There's a blueprint there. There's at least a reason to have optimism going into the season instead of having to squint 40 ways and hoping you catch lightning in a bottle. I don't know. Yeah, and 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 yes, there are holes in that offense. They're, they need to fill some. But your two best young off, young players on this team, well, Hunter Green, I guess. you. But other than Hunter Green, your two best young players on this team are on the offensive side of the ball. India and Tyler mm -hmm. Stevenson, we'll talk about in a moment. But so, you know, you fill in here, there, and, uh, and you know, you get maybe you have to get lucky a little bit. But with the expanded playoffs, you know, you had a better chance. It just, yeah. it, it's Stockholm syndrome. Reds ownership, and this is not just Castellini. The Castellini's have done the same thing that Carl Lindner did before. 
but it's it's a thing. And then John Allen, when he was running the team after Marge, did the same thing. They have this successful quarter century campaign to convince fans that you can't compete unless you do it this way. We just we can't do it. We can't we can't afford to compete. My response, and here's what I want all of you to think about, uh, and and all of you that are listening to me saying you're crazy. We can't afford it. Those of you that have kind of you, you have Stockholm syndrome. I'm sorry. You've bought what the, the ownership has been telling, has been gaslighting you for a quarter century. How, when has it ever worked? When has this sell everyone so we get great prospects and we'll be good in three years or four years? When has it ever worked in Cincinnati? The answer is never. And so, unless you think this current front office <laughs> run by Nick Crawl, I've met Nick Craw. I don't want to say too many bad things about him, but unless you trust this current front office to do it better than anyone in the past, why do you give the ownership a pass and say, okay, we trust them to get these prospects because this is what we have to do to compete. If it's what we have to do to compete, why hasn't it ever worked before? You have good players. Keep them. Build around them. Give me a team that I can go back to Great American Ballpark for. I'm back in the country and I'm fired up, Nate. <laughs> Let's go. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, this blind faith in the front of office. And the fact that they've still, even since the offseason, refused to acknowledge a plan or a direction. Like, you can't say, oh, we're rebuilding for 2024 when literally nobody has ever said that this is, that's the plan. We don't know what the plan is. And I will say, if they have no intention of extending Luis Castillo, then yeah, I think you should trade him. His value is never going to be higher than it is right now. But that caveat is, I prefer that they would just re-sign the guy who's really, really, really good. There's a reason that every single contender wants him. Yeah. If every team wants the guy that you have on your team, it's probably a sign that you should have the guy on your team. <laughs> yeah, and try to keep him on your team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, again, I, I fully concede their arguments why it doesn't make uh, baseball sense to do this. Handing out money to a guy that's going to be 30 soon. Okay, I get it. You know, it's dangerous. And, and, and in Cincinnati, we're all gun-shy because of the Homer Bailey uh, yeah, debacle, really. But, yeah, so, so I understand the arguments. I'm not saying there are not good arguments against it. I'm just saying if you have good players, keep the good players. Luis Castillo, a preview of a question we'll have later, but he's, he's one of the five best pitchers the Reds have had in the last three quarters of a century. He's also the only one that will have never sniffed an actual contending team. And it's a disgrace. It's sad, um, but uh, I don't know. Did, did you get the feels uh, last night uh, watching him pitch, though, and seeing the – you know, the 2,500 fans in attendance give him a standing ovation. and um, But just, I don't know, I, I love everything about that guy. There, I just, I love watching his, his personality. I love anyone that has, uh, you know, great hair because, you know, I don't. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't want to see him in another uniform. I just, I'm going to, there's a single tear. If you're not watching on YouTube, there's a single tear rolling down my cheek right now. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting next four or five days. I uh, 
I hope that we get to keep rooting for Luis Castillo for several more years. Um, I don't know. There are some other guys that we probably need to touch on. Yeah, let's do um, that. You have, you have to think that every team in the league is calling about Brandon Drury. Why wouldn't they be? Sure. Adam Aikman, Kyle Farmer. I got a question for you. Everybody, you know, a lot of people are speculating that Naquin and Farmer are going to be gone. A lot of people on Red's Twitter would like to, and Barry Larkin included, would like to give Farmer a big giant extension and keep these guys around. I can see arguments for both of them. The value of Kyle Farmer and the value of Tyler Naquin are perfect complements to each other. One matches lefties, the other one is the Babe Ruth against righties. Why don't we just keep them and platoon them? Just make them one player. Corner outfield. Next thing you know, oh you've my. got one of the best corner outfitters. Oh, my. Based on how the, their splits go. I'm just over there. I don't know. Crazy, crazy oh talk. <laughs> oh, oh, my. You Listen, this never happens because you don't know what you're talking about most of the time. But you've actually said something that I've never thought of before. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to attack you there. That's where it wasn't nice. But. <laughs> Rude. Welcome back. <laughs> Tyler Naquin, in, in my piece that I wrote, I said Tyler Naquin, you know, um, he can absolutely help a contending club uh, down the stretch. Uh, I don't I don't know that he has a future in Cincinnati, but he uh, he does. He mashes right-handed pitchers, which that's uh, that's a there, there's some value to that on the trade market. He will have some value on the free agent market after the season as well. He's going to be a free agent, and so I could see him. You know, he's gonna, he's going to play after this season, so. And, and, and Kyle Farmer, you know, we we poke fun at him, but he does. He he's he's crushed left-handed pitching. He can play probably a passable left field. He barely plays a passable shortstop. Mm, yeah, so I'll, I'll take him in left. I'm lo- I'm <laughs> loving this idea. So and 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 the truth is, you can probably get both of those guys for nothing. Not nothing. Get them for cheap. You can get him for cheap. Put him together. That's a pretty good left fielder. Granny doesn't want to move. Red's Twitter's pumped because they get to keep Kyle Farmer. <laughs> Tyler Naquin is a country boy, so he probably likes being in Ohio. Gets to go, you know, go bow hunting, whatever it is he likes to do. I think it's a fit. Well, it comes back to, do you want to put a good team on the field next year or the year after? If so, sign them both to two or three years. Well, that, that's also be- what I want to do with Drury, which – we start getting messy now. We, we become fans, and we sort of keep keep the people we like and the people that make sense. Um, but Drury, they can get him in the offseason if he did want to come back. I think uh, you look over Castellanos, you see people that hitters might like playing in Cincinnati. It might be a more valuable franchise for some of these guys that need to get a few good seasons under their belt. But do you think any of these guys, all these guys, are going to be on the team come Tuesday? Not Which Brandon Drury. I don't think Brandon Drury will. Uh, and, and and frankly, you know, Brandon Drury was a the guy they signed to a minor league deal before the season. You know, um, he, he's a guy that any big league team could have had, basically. And if the Reds can get something for him, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good piece of business. If you can get anything useful for him, uh, I, yeah, I guess the we'll uh, give the you other, that one, Nick Crawl. We'll give we'll give Nick Crawl that one. Well, do we give it to him though? He's not a guy to a minor league deal. It's not like he actually identified a guy. He just needed bodies, 
and it's got happened to pan out. I'm not ready to give it. Right, we're one, taking but... it away, Nick. You don't, you don't get that one in. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to keep Brandon Drury for the next two or three years? Yeah, you know, I I'm not fired up about that. If you can't if you can't get anything for him, he's a free agent. I don't know. I just feel like somebody's going to want him because he's shown now he can, uh, you know, perform a little bit. And he was a former t- big prospect. He only cost expect- eleven dollars. <laughs> I expect him to be gone, uh, and I can't argue with it at all. I, I like the guy. I don't mind keeping him around because, again, you're, the, what you just said, maybe maybe to him, he sees that, oh, yeah, Great American Ballpark. This has been good for my career. Yeah. If you're following our Keep the Pitchers blueprint and you just need bodies out there, the outfield looks pretty rough if you start you know, trading dudes away. Drury can play a little outfield. He can play anywhere, and he is – passable at this time at least he has been this season you can get him for a few million a year why not mm, i can i can buy that what about uh the only other guy i really want to talk about with respect to the trade deadline is tyler malley and i said in my column i don't expect malley to get traded uh he had a rough first half for a while but he's looked pretty good mostly recently i mean he's tyler malley he's not a number one starter He's a passable number through number number through. That's a that's a word that I just made up. <laughs> two and three combined. He's a <laughs> he's a passable number two. He's an amazing number three for anyone. He's a guy that there there will be there will be uh, uh, suitors for his uh, services. But again, he's another guy that uh, the Reds don't have to don't have to trade him. He's going to be around. Um, if they want to trade him, they can trade him in the offseason, which they which they might do. I don't. Uh, uh, he's under team control actually for a couple more years. Yeah. If the Reds don't intend to fill a competitive team during those years, uh, I guess they have to listen to offers for him. He's twenty seven, but uh, he he's he's like uh, Castillo light. There's no reason necessarily to trade him, and if you wanted to put together a good rotation, there's every reason to keep him. Tyler yeah, Mount, pretty good guy to have. Um, the only uh, thing I see there is that extra year of team control. If he stays relatively healthy this season, keeps pitching the way he has been, then he can be the Castillo at next year's deadline. You might be able to get a bigger haul for him after a year of health and top-tier pitching. Um, other than that, we kind of beat it, beat it to death. I just I want to keep them both. Yeah, but yeah. Obviously, you have to listen. If somebody's going to give you, you know, King's Ransom, sure. Like, I'm not going to bemoan trading either of these guys if they get a really good return. It's just my lack of faith in that happening that keeps me wanting to yep. If they trade them both, this team is going to be such hot garbage next year. And we're going to have to get them here once a week and talk about it. And we're going to have to make up storylines and the John Sadak and Chris Welsh and Tommy, they're all these guys. Like They're going to have to just pretend that they're having a good time. I don't want that for anybody. At least if we yeah. Pick the starter lane, go down it. We can we can selfishly. Try to <laughs> yes, selfishly, we really need the res not to be hot garbage next year. Oh goodness, yeah, no, I. Uh, all right, we beat that to death. There's no reason really. There is one other viewer mail question. I think we should uh, go ahead and address that. I think it's interesting uh, about the trade deadline topic. This comes from our friend. All these viewer mail questions uh, uh, come from our friends, the family at Patreon.com/slash/Riverfront Cincy where you two can uh, can join the family and support the show. 
Woo the Reds. That is Woo the Reds, who refuses to tell me his real identity. I just want to call him out here because he's really committed to being uh, uh, anonymous on here. So I don't approve of that. <laughs> Woo the Reds. Ask this. Do you think the likelihood of having one of the worst records, if not the worst record, in franchise history this season will affect the Reds' trade decision process this year? Will decisions be centered around maximizing future success or minimizing short-term failures? Now, this is an interesting point because the Castellanis have a history of changing course in the middle of whatever path they decided to go down because, uh, well, you know, the last quote-unquote rebuild, they didn't want to trade some of these guys, Cueto, Todd Frazier, et cetera, because they had the all-star team come in. And, uh, you know, they 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 didn't want to trade Billy Hamilton, which I'm okay with that because Billy Hamilton was a comic book superhero. Welcome back to town this week, Billy Hamilton. I love you, bub. Um, uh, but they, they wouldn't trade him for, uh, you know, elite starting pitching that was offered because the fans like Billy Hamilton. So maybe I'm, I'm at fault for that. But anyway, um, will the Castellinis change course because the prospect of because the truth of the matter is if they trade Brandon Drury and Tyler Naquin and Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley, this team will without question be the worst team in baseball for the rest of the season. So they're not drawing any fans now. Do we think Wu asks, do we think that maybe the, the, the prospect that the second half of the season will, there'll be literally zero fans in the stands. Will that uh, affect their trade prices? I think history shows that it always has um, affected their uh, their thinking. But what do you think, Nate? You've got me to make a complete 180 on this. If there's a chance we can have a baseball game with zero fans that doesn't involve a global pandemic, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in on this. Trade every one of them. Just, just release yeah. them. Just let them go. And then we can finally realize my dream of fielding and a lineup of only – Hefty boys. <laughs> That'd be all, the only ones that are left. Um, the answer is I don't know, but I think woo, uh, woo the Reds. I think that it's not a, an unreasonable question to ask. And Yeah, th there I, could have been a path this whole time. They may be behind the scenes really working towards a very specific goal with an end in mind, and then Bob could just wake up tomorrow and be like, we only had 14 fans at Luis Castillo's last start as a Red. we got to keep everybody. Sign up. Yeah. Abandon the plan. So who knows? It would help if we knew what the plan was, but they don't tell us those tiny details. All right. Uh, news of the week. Before we get into the games, I, we do need to discuss uh, Tyler Stevenson. Oh, my oh. goodness. Tyler Stevenson. I don't want to, but we have to at least touch on it. Um, first inning of the first game after the All-Star break. Tyler Stevenson took a foul ball off his right shoulder. Uh, you know, they, they checked on, he remained in the game. Uh, the next play chopper in front of the plate, he fielded it, tried to throw it to first and was in real pain. Didn't throw the ball, went down on a knee and he's out broken, right? Clavicle. That's also known as the collarbone and never good. Almost certainly out for, on the injury list now, but almost certainly out, out for the season. Oh, Nate. Why did you do this to me? Well, it didn't happen when I, 
I was out of the country. Maybe you took the bad juju. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was uh, that was that was a tough one to see. I was I was taking a class at the time and didn't get to see it. And then I opened up my phone and obviously it was going nuts. And your heart just sinks. The guy doesn't deserve it. It's got nothing to do with the team and fans. It's, it's about the individual, the player. You just feel for the guy. He gets his first chance to make this his team, and he has just been bitten by the bad luck bug over and over again. Um, get well soon, Tyler. The entire city is rooting for you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. It just stinks. Do we need to revisit the question of whether the because a lot of people have tried uh, about whether the Reds should move him away from catcher? I, I say no. All these are flukes as far as I'm concerned. If Tyler Stevenson doesn't want to move, I don't move him. But have you changed your mind on that point? The only way that I've shifted my opinion at all is if there is an opportunity to get an above-average backup catcher, a guy that can hit just a little bit, then I like the idea of having two capable backstops so that Tyler can bounce around, get some days at DH, get some days at first base. And it, you know, it makes the thought of moving him a little bit more palatable if Mark Kalasvari is not the guy keeping those at bats. But it, it's, it's up to him. It's whatever he wants. He's worked his whole life to get here. Kind of a moot point at this point. The Reds have literally zero big league catchers right now. That's that's the number. If you can't watch on on YouTube, if you're listening to audio, I'm uh, I, I, with my with my fingers here and my thumb. I'm putting a zero up to the screen. That's the number of big league catchers the Reds actually have. So it's a moot point. You don't have any other catchers, so he has to be a catcher. And I haven't changed my mind, but uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's heartbreaking for the guy who was having just an unbelievable season. Yeah. Oh, we love you, Tyler. All right, let's talk about the game results uh, as the second half has started. And uh, what could have been an exceptionally uh, good week from our perspective uh, turned turn to bad um, in a hurry today. Well, sort of, I guess I'll say. After the All-Star break, the Reds uh, played two of three against the St. Louis Cardinals. One, or they won two out of three against the St. Louis Cardinals. So that's a, always a great thing. Two wins out of three against St. Louis. Against the Marlins, the Reds uh, won two of the three, two of three against the Marlins, and then they played Game Four, and the Reds kind of kind of blew it. I, well, I'll say the Reds. I say the bullpen blew it. Hunter Strickland came out to the ninth inning. Uh, first of all, the worst closer in baseball, Hunter Strickland. I'm sorry, but the guy, the guy's he's no good. And he keeps screwing up, and they keep running him out there. And I get it that maybe the Reds don't have that many uh, options, but good grief. Gave up a game-tying home run to the leadoff batter, walked the next hitter, hit the third batter, and then so uh, they, they get – David Bell finally took him out. Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer came in and, uh, you know, run was doubled in, sacrifice fly, 7-5, Reds lose. So they split the series. It could have been two series wins this week. We can say it's a series win and a split, but I don't know, just disappointing. But you know, whatever. It's uh, yeah. It, took the Hunter uh, Strickland took the wind out of the cells a little bit. The Reds have been playing a better brand of baseball lately. Could have been back to back series wins, sandwiched around back to back series wins. If you take out that two game set against St. Louis going into the break, 
Um, they've been winning a lot of games. It's been fun to watch. But I blame, I saw somebody say on the Twitter webs, can't the Reds just have a reliable bullpen? Well, if you watch that Hunter Strickland performance, sir, you got a reliable reliever right there. You can rely on Hunter Strickland to do Hunter Strickland things almost every time out of the every game. Single time. Yeah. yeah so, right. I mean, it makes it makes you realize like the game ended. I was down for you know two minutes, and I was like, oh yeah, like the season's already kind of over. <laughs> not rooting for a playoff run here. Obviously, you want the team to win, and you get excited when they're playing well. But you know. Don't hang your head too long. We got too much going on, too much to fight for. Yeah, right. No, I would have preferred two out of three against St. Louis and then three out of four against Miami. Whatever. It's, yeah, it's we're still watching this team. I want to see that. But Hunter Strickland, oh my goodness. Not good. Um, coming up next, we the Reds are going to play uh, this week, uh, Baltimore, three game series against Baltimore at Great American Ballpark. Ballpark. I encourage. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I encourage all of you to avoid the ballpark. Don't go to the, any of those games. And then the Reds head on the road. Uh, they a pretty long road trip, actually. They have three at Miami, three in Milwaukee, and three at the New York Mets. So nine-game road trip. Uh, we'll talk about that as we come back next week. Um, the only thing about the, the this week that I wanted to talk about a little bit was other than you know, we talked about the results a little bit, but in terms of individuals, Jonathan India, hey. Jonathan India's back, right? I mean, yeah, that guy, he's back. It's the India we loved, right? It really, really looks like him. Like it doesn't seem like it's just uh, you know high batting average on balls in play situations, some little bloops over the second baseman's head. No, he's he's, he's hitting the ball hard. He looks like Jonathan India. He's flying around the base pass. Um, over the last month, he's got an OPS uh, creeping really close to 8, 118. Weighted runs created plus. He's looking like that guy that he was for most of the year last year. And if he can play at or near this level for the rest of the season, then, you know, there's your reason to keep tuning in. Yeah, I have, I have every expectation about that. By the time the dust settles, the season's over. India's numbers will not match ne- last year's uh, necessarily, but they're going to be in, in – in, uh, in positive territory, man, you know, the other day hit that grand slam and that game was the Jonathan India I've been waiting for. He mashed the ball every single time up and, uh, I'm glad to have him back because he had us a little bit worried there for a while. Yeah. I can't hide that. I was, I was, I was looking for reasons not to see what I was seeing out the field. And then all we needed was some patience with the extremely yeah. young, Gentlemen, there you go. Exactly. Left right. fielder of so, the future. Left fielder of the future. Um, yeah. Happy for uh, Jonathan India. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, uh, roster moves this week. Not really much to talk about. Uh, Jeff Hoffman. Jeff, excuse me. Jeffrey Hoffman placed on the fifteen. I think he's back to Liz. I think he's back to Jeff. Is he back to Jeff now? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. On the injured list, right forearm stiffness. Um, Tyler Malley took his place on the roster and made his star Malley, you know, had that Lyle stint around the all-star break that really was looked a lot like uh, the Reds were just trying to give him a little bit of a, um, an ex- extra rest. And then uh, Justin Dunn activated from the injured list and sent to AAA Louisville. Dunn, of course, if you, if you don't remember, he was, he came over in that trade with Seattle for, you know, with Jesse Winker and, um, Eugenio Suarez and uh, hadn't pitched in nearly a year 
frankly, before he started his rehab assignment. And so, you know, um, he's, he's a guy that has a live arm that I think can help the Reds going forward. And so I look forward to seeing how he does at AAA. I would not be uh, surprised if, especially if, uh, if Castillo or, or, or Malley get traded, but I expect we're going to see him in Cincinnati at some point this season, uh, presuming health as well. But uh, as Hunter Green begins to hit some of his inning li- innings limits, maybe Graham Ashcraft hits his in- innings limit. Uh, I think we'll see Dunn on the big league level, and he has he has a good arm. I, he's not a guy that I was disappointed to see the Reds acquire. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts about those. Uh, not a lot there, really. But if, any thoughts before we move on to the next thing? Justin Dunn better be ready for the nickname Little Donkey. That's all I've got. I love it, Little Donkey. That is his nickname for here heretofore. Uh, certainly at the riverfront. Um, I, I guess that, that that begs the question, was there a big donkey? Only the greatest player in Reds history, patron saint. The patron saint of the riverfront, <laughs> Adam Dunn. Sorry, I just got to take a moment to reflect every time his name is mentioned. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing really of note this week, the Reds did sign their first round pick, Cam Collier. Um, signed a 17-year-old third baseman, number two prospect in all of baseball, um, signed for $5 million. Now, what that's is, what's interesting about that is that's uh, almost a million and a half over the, the, the what the slot value is, what they call it, of the 18th overall pick. And so what it means is the Reds, listen, I, we like to bag on the Reds, uh, but this is what I would call a nice piece of business. Get a guy that's a legit talent. He's far away from the majors, whatever. I know, I get it. But get a guy that's a that's a, that's a real talent, like an elite talent in this draft. And you know what? Pay him. Pay him what he's worth and uh, convince him to uh, to play professional baseball. Uh, as much as I like to to bag on the Reds, this is I'm this is this is fantastic. I'm 100 uh, percent in support of this. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'll be, you know, continue to get more excited as he progresses, but it seems like a slam dunk. Nobody expected him to be there at 18. Can't believe he was. So they, they paid him over slot for 18, but really they paid him at or under slot compared to where everybody had him in the draft. So I don't know what right. happened to made him fall, but we, uh, we might, we might have stolen one. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I, I, we love to poke at the Reds, but this is this is good stuff. I mean, and you know, I, I love the discussion. Again, I, I mentioned it again the discussion to you and and Wick and uh, Wick Terrell from RedReporter.com and uh, Bill Lack from the Riverfront. Uh, I love the discussion you all had last week about the Red strategy for the draft. I don't have a problem. I, uh, for years, I've been, you know, slamming the Reds for not uh, for drafting high school guys and taking lottery picks but uh, I I, th- I think the Reds had a really sound strategy in this draft and uh, not that I follow it as closely because again I, I'm the one that's always talking about until they get to double A I don't don't even talk to me about them because so many of these guys flame out but I don't have a problem with the strategy I think Cam Collier is um, a legit talent I you know I mean I, I see him as a as a Nixon Zell Hunter Green, Jonathan Anita, top talent. The guys, the other guys are as drafted, you know, top five picks. I see him in that, uh, from all reports, in that that level. So uh, those two of those guys, though, were college guys, which is different. But I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to find reasons to praise the Reds. And this is one of good, good work. 
Yeah, can't wait to root for him in about six years. It's going to be great. That's the problem I've got is that all these guys, <laughs> the Reds are and, – and, 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 again, some of the reports this week, the Reds are looking to stockpile minor league guys, and a lot of people on Twitter love that. Oh, yeah, good. And most of those guys don't pan out, but the Reds could, this time next month, could have a really good group of uh, – single a talent um <laughs> that might turn into something but uh but 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 they all jokes aside they they have restocked a little bit and have an opportunity to restock more this year's draft good business cam call your good business should we uh should we move into some viewer mail questions should we what do you think nate i'm gonna i'm gonna let you decide now i'll scrap them this week all right, this has been the Riverfront episode number 435. <laughs> no, we can't do that to the family. These <laughs> questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. That's patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. Our first question this week comes from our buddy Joey Gaditza from Canada. Joey asked this, hey guys, with the trade deadline quickly approaching, is the beer league team looking to add or shed salary? I'm willing to move my no-trade clause to free up finances for some young studs. I think the team can eat most of my salary, seeing as I get compensated in Canadian funds. Joey Gadita willing to waive his no-trade clause. Uh, Nate, what are your thoughts? So it's a little-known fact that uh, Canadian dollars, CAD, it's just monopoly money. It doesn't even count. It's barely real. <laughs> but we need that flexibility. We need. You know, we pretty much have Joey Gadita for free right now. We can't let him go. We can't afford to let him go. It's the kind of guys that we want to build around. Almost free talent. And he's in the band. He's in the Riverfront band. We can't, we can't lose an asset like that. Joe, you're staying. <laughs> the two things I were going to say were, first of all, the Reds have one Canadian. We have to have at least one Canadian. Okay? So, Gaditza is our Joey Votto. Uh, and the other thing Ooh. I was going to say was exactly that. Uh, forget the beer league softball team. And if you if this is your first time listening to the show and you don't know what the beer league softball team is, if you go and join it uh, at Patreon, you can you can be, become a member of our beer league softball team. Also, if this is the first time you ever listened to the show and you're doing it in the midst of the worst red season ever, I salute you, my friend, yeah, because bro. you are dedicated to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, yeah, we're gonna start a we're gonna start a band, and uh, and Joey's gonna be our bass player. Uh, what are you gonna be in our band? Hey, what's your what's your what's your uh, role in our band? Hopefully, like fan. <laughs> I'm gonna be Colonel Tom Parker. A little little Elvis reference means. for you there. That's an Elvis <laughs> reference, played by Tom Hanks in the recent uh, Elvis movie. Colonel Tom Parker, not a great guy. Um, okay, good question, Joey. No, we're trading you. There are. Two patrons, though, exactly who I'm actively trying to trade. I'm not going to say who they are. I'll let you all discuss it on the in the Patreon Slack channel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jerry Siduff, if and when, if or when, the Reds move Luis Castillo, how do we remember his time in Cincinnati? And this is a great question. I already kind of yep. previewed this when I said uh, that uh, he's one of the I mean, it's literally one of the five best Reds pitchers of the last 75 mm -hmm. years. That's a long time. 75 yeah. years is a long time. It's kind of here my, inarguable. Yeah, all right. Here are my five. Uh, there's one that you could maybe put in there that I don't, I wouldn't, but uh, Luis Castillo, Johnny Cueto, 
And if, if you're not watching on YouTube, you can't see me counting my, with my fingers because I don't, it's hard for me to remember how, how to get to five. Castillo, Johnny Cueto, Mario Soto, my first favorite player ever, Mario Soto. Um, Jose Rijo and Jim Maloney, who's before my time. But those are, those are the, my top five. I think you could maybe make an argument for Tom Seaver, but I don't put him in there because he was good as a red, but he wasn't here that long, and his greatest times were worth another another team. But um, but the fact that you can put Luis Castillo in a group of the best pitchers this franchise has had in three quarters of a century, he's a surefire, absolute Reds Hall of Famer. That's how we remember him. And we also remember him as the guy who the Reds refused to put a, a competitive team around him, so we never got to see him pitch with the bright lights on other than the All-Star game. How do you remember Luis Castillo, Nate? I hope that I can answer this question again in a few years. But yes. you know, I, I looked at some of the stats, and I, I just set it into the modern era, and I've been a minimum 500 innings pitched. He's fourth all-time with a 126 ERA plus behind Jose Rijo, Dutch Ruther, I pronounced that, and the legendary Noodles Han, which Noodles her best name. Um, so you're so you went you went back. Hold on, you went back to 1900. You went yeah. back almost, uh, you know, he almost is the a, fourth best ERA plus since 1900, and he is first in that time period in K's per nine. The guy's just by just about any metric one of the best rest pitchers ever. And definitely top three in my lifetime. I mean, Rio and Cueto, I think, are the only two that you can put in the conversation with him since I have been watching the Cincinnati Reds. And for everybody to be so ready to just let this guy go, I mean, who have we had to root for? This guy's one of the best pitchers we've ever, 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 ever had. And everybody's just like, prospects. Give me a good farm system. We don't care if the major league team is good. We need a good farm system. Yeah, Jose yeah, Rio is one, one of the best Reds. Um, pitchers for sure, but one of my favorite Reds of all time. And like you said, first ballot Reds all the thing. You know, I think I'm going to go and, and, and uh, tweak some of the, the, the fans on Twitter because I think it's true. Most people that are listening, well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what the age range of our, our audience is, but um, a significant portion of the people that are listening here or watching on YouTube, and the people that I, when I tweet this this out in a little while, one of the top three Reds pitchers, literally in your lifetime, and the Reds have had a bunch of pitchers. Why do you want to, why do you want to give up on that guy so quickly? Sign him for the rest of his life. Keep him here. He's also, this is undisputed, I, I checked this on Baseball Reference as well, one of the top three best uh, hairstyles for any pitcher in Reds history. Yeah. It's true. Also, yeah. indisputable. Yeah, you, you can argue about which where to put these three, but I think uh, the answer, but the top three clearly Johnny Cueto, Luis Castillo, and uh, Bronson Arroyo. Top three. Love it. Uh, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. That's a dumb <laughs> thing to say on here, Chad. All right. So uh, there was a question um, here from, uh, did we have a question from Kyle? Kapler that I missed here, Nate? What happened there? No, I think we talked about that. Oh, no, maybe we did. Kyle, Kyle Kapler said... Uh, let me <laughs> what happened here? Real quick, I lost it. I well, let's go to James Urban and then you bring that back up. Yeah. Uh, James <laughs> Urban, welcome back, Chad. 
Thank you, James. I'm sorry I saw that name, but we don't want to forget Kyle. We love Kyle. James Urban, welcome back, Chad. Question this week is in honor of the trade deadline. What's the best trade the Reds have ever made? Um, best trade the Reds have ever made. This was a good I question. Want, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, and I want to say getting Luis Castillo for Dan Straley. I mean, in my lifetime, that genuinely might be, we're talking about Castillo at the trade deadline, genuinely might be the best. Dan Straley, a guy they signed to a minor league deal that turned into a decent starter, and the Reds <laughs> literally flipped him for the best, one of the three best pitchers in your lifetime. So, but that's a good question. Do you have any other thoughts about the best trade name? Um, yeah, there are a couple contenders, both happening in 1971. Um, the first one being a pretty ridiculous trade. The Reds at the winter meetings in Phoenix, they trade they acquired Joe Morgan, Ed Armbrister, Jack Billingham, Cesar Geronimo, and Dennis Minke. Mink, Minke. Minke. From the Ash Dennis Minke. From the at Minky from the Astros for Lee May, Tommy Helms, and Jamie Stewart. I mean, they got Joe Morgan. That was that was a pretty good deal. But one that might have been even better from a lopsided standpoint was uh, also in 71, they traded some people named Frank Duffy and Vern Geishert for George Foster. Oh, now that's and an interesting one. You know, we've talked about this question some. The Big Red Machine and two guys who I haven't, don't even know who they are. George Foster, I had I, that's one that doesn't come into the conversation very often, Nate. That's a really good find. Um, George Foster, yeah, an MVP, 50 home run guy, uh, key guy on the Big Red Machine. Um, the Joe Morgan one uh, is, is you know, that's what a lot of people would say when it comes to best trades ever. And what I would say is what I enjoyed about that, that Joe Morgan trade is when uh, when Garber and I wrote the uh, that dumb book. Uh, what was it called? Uh, the Big 50. The Men and Moments of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, we did some research, and one of, my, one of my favorite things about the research into that Joe Morgan trade was we, we looked at uh, – we did this with every – chapter basically we went back and looked at the contemporaneous uh newspaper coverage and saw some great stuff in there frankly but the newspaper coverage in the cincinnati Inquirer, the cincinnati post around uh that joe morgan trade was mm. hilarious they were killing the reds destroying the reds this is one that if twitter had been around back then the reds would have gotten destroyed for that one how can you trade the big bopper lee may how can you trade former rookie of the year Tommy Helms? These guys are the heart of the, this Reds team. Oh, yeah. Well, they got maybe the best Red in the history of the franchise out of that. So, but they, I mean, listen, Lee May was good. Uh, Tommy Helms was, was good as well. But um, in terms of what that brought to the Reds, that has to be up there. Uh, I love the Castillo one. I love that, you know, more recently, I love the uh, getting Eugenio Suarez for the. I'm going to say it. I haven't said it in a while, but uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, statements here on the on the show, the bloated corpse of Alfredo Simon. You have to have been around about five years ago to understand that one. But um, that was a gr- that was a that was a great trade for uh, for Suarez, who became an, an all star. But um, that's pretty good. Those are, those are some pretty good uh, trades. Uh, what about when they got Royce Clayton and uh, and Nick Massett for uh, for Austin Kearns? I'm gonna leave. No, wait a minute. That was that was the not Nick Mass. That was Gary Majeski. Oh. 
Gary Majeski. Oh my goodness. I tried to forget about these people and then you ruined them for me. Gary Majeski. I hope I'll be Gary Majeski's thriving in his post baseball career. But he gave me some headaches. All right, Nate, you want to give us Kyle Kapler's question? Absolutely. Apologies, Kyle. Kyle asks, uh, whether they trade Castillo or not, the Reds won't be competitive competitive for at least another year or two. If he's gone, a bunch of unproven players take the field. If he stays, a bunch of below-average players play behind him for a number of seasons. Matt Reynolds started in right field on Wednesday night. There is no core. The minor league prospects have been underwhelming this season. Honestly, what's the difference? I think I touched on that already. If you've got you good five good starting pitchers, then – the rest of it, you can try to get lucky with. You can be competitive with just that. Granted, we need some of the young guys to develop, but I would rather have that to root for than this unknown, you know, crop of eighteen-year-olds. I don't know. Yeah, this is a Cincinnati Reds show. I love the Cincinnati Reds. Clearly, listen <laughs> against uh, all uh, against my uh, psychiatrist advice. I watch this team every night. Um, we, we talk about them every week. I write about them every week. We watch the games. We don't talk about the Louisville Bats or the Chattanooga Lookouts or the Daytona Tortugas. I mean, look, I, I know a lot of people that work for those organizations and um, some really great people, and I hope that they all are successful. But this is a Cincinnati Red Show. And I, if you watch Chattanooga every night, on MILB TV, more power to you. If you live in Chattanooga and you go watch the team, more power to you. I don't care. I mean, I, I care in the sense that I'm watching them. I want to see Elliot De La Cruz do well because I want him to be a red. Um, to me, Kyle, what's the, your question is honestly, what's the difference? The difference is I want the rest to be good on the big league level, and I'm ready for the team to try to be good on the big league level. And so the difference is if they keep Luis Castillo, they're better on the big league level. If they keep Tyler Malley, they're better on the big league level. They will they be better in three years? Who knows? But they've never again, like I said earlier, when's this ever worked before getting all these great 18-year-olds and it turned into a a good Reds team? It's not before, so I I don't know. I'm just I think the difference is I want to watch a better Reds team rather than a worse one. Yeah. And the status quo sucks. Get away from the status quo. Thank you, Nate. It's about time you contributed here. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit sensitive since you proved in the last two weeks that you're, you're that you're better than me at uh, at this show. It, Coming it in hurt me. hot. It's okay. Fortunately, <laughs> I can take it. If you, uh, you interact with Joe Farsing on the Slack channel, you better have thick skin. Joe, Joe likes to come in with the zingers. He does. He likes a zinger. Um, by, the, by the way, Joe, uh, I'm threatened by your presence, and you're never coming back on this show again. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've threatened me, and this is, uh, you know, this is, this is our show. Um, all right, two more quickly, and then we'll get out. Hooper Powell, our buddy from Columbus, Ohio. Hooper Powell asked this question. On vacation and grilling out, First of all, he, he starts that question. That's a strange premise because when have we ever, it's like, he's like, he's saying, since we've been talking about vacation and grilling out, we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about, about vacation, but I grilled out zero. Um, did have some bangers and mash in mm-hmm. Ireland, by the way. Had some fish and chips. 
in uh, in the UK. But Hooper says, on vacation and grilling out, what's your favorite adult beverage and meat to consume when grilling? Is a second question as well, but I will start with that one. What's your favorite adult beverage and meat to consume when grilling? You have an answer a to glass, that? Nick? A glass of dry red wine and a big giant ribeye steak. Easy question. Easy. Uh, ribeye steak. I'm with you, man. Give me, give me a, uh, give me a good cut. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just. Uh, well, you know, I was going to say my, my go-to is, is always going to be uh, a, a good bourbon. But, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I'm starting to think that I should probably just stick with Guinness. <laughs> a Guinness in Ireland, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it hits different, as the kids say. There's a, uh, there's a great Instagram account called Bourbon and Baseball, which I encourage people to follow. But he'll be disappointed if you uh, move away from bourbon and go towards Guinness. Well, yeah. Uh, my kids uh, did not like the fact that I had to have a pint everywhere we went <laughs> because we're, we're in Ireland. What am I going to do? Of course. All right. Hooper's other question was this. Uh, this is the most random question in the history of viewer mail. And we've had a million Ooh. random questions. Whatever happened to Ruben Mateo? What? Why are, why, why are we talking about Ruben Mateo? I don't understand. Ruben Mateo, of course, um, <laughs> played baseball for the Rangers, Reds, Pirates, and Royals organizations. Played in the Korea baseball organization. Um, he played for the Reds in 2002, 2003. Was not good. Why are we talking about Ruben Mateo? Hey, you're talking about the 2013 Mexican League MVP right there. You put some respect on his name. Oh, there you go. He's That's what happened. That's what happened to him. Since 2013, that was the last time that Google tracked him. Yeah, I, I tried to find. <laughs> I did. I tried to find, and I couldn't find the last decade about. Ru I hope he's thriving. I hope he's, uh, you know, because he won that MVP in the whatever Mexican League or whatever you just said. I hope he, no, he didn't have to pay for a drink down there. But uh, <laughs> when when he goes to Ireland, he probably has to pay for his guests. Um, Nate, I, I don't know if you saw this, but since we started recording, we got one last question. I did not. Let's go. Yeah, it's from our buddy Rich Thompson. And so we'll go ahead and do this. I have not read the question yet, so you're going to be reading, hearing it as I read it for the first time, and which means that I have not prepared an answer to this. I hope it's not a difficult question. Rich Thompson, content de te revoir. Welcome back, Chad. I don't, I don't know. That's some kind of kind of Frenchy talk. Um, bonjour. Boy, I can I say, Nate, the French people were not that nice when we were there. I hate to, <laughs> I hate to paint with that broad a brush, but some of the things I heard about uh, French people, uh, it's, I don't know, the Irish people were nice. <laughs> Gentlemen, as the trade deadline looms, there's much speculation if and how many reds will be dealt. If by chance the Reds decided to go all in with a purge of trading the likes of Castillo, Molly, Drury, Pham, Naquin, Mustaka, Solano, and possibly Kyle Farmer, my goodness, Rich, can the Reds win at least 60 games by filling those voids with their current minor league talent or who they might get in return? P.S. Viva la Tour de France and la Tour de, la Tour de Femmes. 
AK, the best July sporting events next to the Reds having a winning season in July. Rich, I know you're a biker, but um, I don't understand a word that, that you said in that PS. Um, uh, uh, can the Reds win at least 60 games if they trade all those guys? First of all, the Reds are right now 38 and 60. That's their records. They won 38 games. Um, no, they couldn't win 60 games if tough. they traded all those they guys. They traded Mishak, I just don't see how they can do it. If, yeah, how can you expect to compete if you don't stick with Mike Mustakas? Unless we're going to run out the hefty boys lineup, then we got to extend him. Oh, he fits in. You've been clamoring for the hefty boys, we've but is Mike Mustakas? Does it, <laughs> does that mean that boys. Mike Mustakas has to be here? Unless we can find a heftier person. <laughs> I he love it. I love it. Um, yeah, the Reds can't win 60 if they trade those guys. But, you know, I'm kind of all in on that, frankly. Uh, if you recall back to the first few weeks of the season, Nate and I were laughing about it. Like, ah, if they're going to suck, we might as well have the worst team ever. So, I don't know. You know, that would be something fun to watch, too, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm rude. Nate, before, before we finish, any, any thoughts about Nick Senzel? He's still, you know. He's still doing it. <laughs> OPS is, uh, you know, above eight since he started heating up. And, you know, we uh, we pray for his health every time. You know, he jammed his shoulder up a couple of ga- a couple of days ago, took a, took a day off, but he's back in the lineup today. I don't know. I just cautiously optimistic. Don't want to say too much. Don't want to jinx it. We have a history of that here. Keep it up, Nick. Come on the podcast. Tell us what you did. Yeah, really? No, I was worried when he got, but but seeing him back in the lineup after one day out, that's not what we usually see with Senzel. And, you know, since I've been gone, uh, frankly, I didn't pay any attention to the results of the Reds games, but every day I checked the box score to see what Nick Senzel had done because Mm -hmm. um, I I need Nick Senzel to do well. He's my favorite Red with with the only exception being my captain, Kyle Farmer. Should, should we end here, Nate? We've gone longer than we should have, as we always do. But should we end with Red's, uh, the greatest shortstop in Red's history and current uh, one of the current broadcasters, Barry Larkin, saying this week that the Reds need to extend, sign Kyle Farmer to a contract extension and put a C on his chest. Make him the captain. Have you ever heard a dumber thing said on a Reds broadcast? I have stopped watching the games with the uh, sound on. Apologies to Mr. Sadak. He doesn't deserve that. It was nonsense. It was nonsense if it comes to fruition, unless he wants to be that captain as a platoon right fielder. Bring it on. Uh, if Joey, I, I argued a couple of years ago, Joey Votto should have already been named the captain, but come on, get out of here. That's, that's, that's ludicrous. It's, Madness. It's ludicrous. Complete madness. All right. Um, the only other thing that I would say that it's as, as ridiculous as that, and I hate to say this because uh, I like Marty Brenneman and he wrote the forward to my book and he's also actually been in Ireland the last couple of weeks. We did not cross paths. We actually looked to see if we were going to cross paths, but um, he did once say that uh, yeah, this Johnny Cueto kid, I'm just not sure he's ever going to get it. <laughs> when Cueto was a, a rookie, I, I just thought this kid's ever going to get it. Well, he got it. All right. Anyway, this is uh, the Riverfront, Nate. Uh, a lot of things to say, but I want to ask if you have any final thoughts before we get out of here. No, that's it. This has been fun. Um, 
We'll try to be as successful as we can in the event of any major trades, any, any breaking news. Otherwise, we'll be back this time next week with probably a lot to talk about. No doubt about it. And yeah, there may be a, an emergency podcast in our future. We'll see. Uh, for those of you that have been listening, thank you so much. Uh, if you're watching at YouTube, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. Please, come on. It costs you nothing. Just hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and tell your friends about us. None of that costs you anything. As we always say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, maybe maybe keep your mouth shut. Uh, we're at youtube.com slash riverfrontcincy. We're at riverfrontcincy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, we're everywhere. We're, we're there. If you listen to audio podcasts, uh, you can find us, Riverfront Cincy. We're everywhere you get your podcasts. We're there. Tell your friends about us. I, I said that earlier, but seriously. That's the way that these shows uh, continue to grow. Word them out. So uh, if you, if you want to support the family, join the family, support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash riverfrontcency. Nate, you know, the Reds kind of stink, but I'm glad to be back, actually. had a good time here tonight. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, we, we find a way to at least try to have a good time with all this. And we'll do it again next time. Absolutely. For Nate Dodson and please... Please, please, lifetime Cincinnati Red, Luis Castillo. Let's go. This is this is Chad Dawson saying, so long, everyone.